This summer, something's going to happen. It's something that changed me. More than anything else in my life, it made me feel like I was on a tiny little ball hurtling through space. Things were lining up. Things were becoming almost mystically perfect. And I found myself looking up into a sky that didn't seem to belong to this planet. We haven't had one of these events that actually went all the way across the United States for 99 years. So this is rare and wonderful. And of course, what's coming up August 21st is a total eclipse of the sun. From PRX, this is Orbital Path, a show about the cosmos and our place in it. I'm Michelle Fowler. Uh, you want to hand me those, those glasses? Sure. How, much, how do I wear these? Well, just, just like 3D glasses, just slip them over your ears. All right, let's see. That's David Shulman, my new producer. Well, Very nice, very fashionable, yes. Okay, so where are you going to be on August 21st? You're asking me? I am. Uh... I've seen two of these, and, and I have to say, I, it was never on my list of things to do, and now having seen two of them, it should be on everybody's bucket list to see a total eclipse of the sun. Now, now anywhere in the U.S., you're going to see a partial eclipse. Part of the sun will be blocked out by the moon. But there's a relatively thin strip. It starts in Portland, Oregon, goes across the country and exits in Charleston, South Carolina. Okay. <laughs> where the sky is going to go completely dark. Okay, so wait, how, how thin is this strip and why do I want to be in this strip or do I not want to be in this strip? You totally want to be in this strip. It's probably on the order of about, you know, say somewhere between 50 to 100 miles thick. But this is the, the strip where the moon totally blocks out the sun. In this case, for this eclipse, we're only going to get about two and a half minutes of total darkness. But the event starts 90 minutes, two hours beforehand, where the moon starts to actually move across the sun and block out more and more of the sun. The moon has mountains and valleys on it. It's not a perfect sphere. It's another world. Mm. And the sunlight will actually be shining through some of the valleys on the edge of the moon. And then the moon... So it's like it's serrated. It's like... Exactly. It's a rough edge of the moon. That right. The sunlight's coming it's not a perfect smooth sphere. But then uh, what happens after that is the moon completely blocks out the sun. And you see this layer of gas above the surface of the sun that normally is so dim you can't see it. It's called the corona. And the surface of the sun is so bright it usually blocks this all out. But you'll see these giant streamers of gas coming away from the sun, and, and, and they're glowing in the sky. Mm. So you see this dark hole where the sun should be, where the, where the moon is covering up the sun. And then you see these streamers that are tens of thousands of miles, in some cases hundreds of thousands of miles long. And they're, they're gorgeous. And the corona is a big mystery to us because uh, the corona is many millions of degrees hot. But the surface of the sun below it is only about 10,000 degrees. So the analogy people have used for decades is you have a, a burner on a stove, and that burner is 10,000 degrees, and you put a kettle on it, and all of a sudden your kettle is a million degrees. That doesn't make any sense. How did that happen? And there are all sorts of theories about what's going on. Um, we will actually have a chance to use several NASA spacecraft to look very close to the surface of the sun and study this corona. When you think about all that sort of dappled sunlight underneath the tree that kind of swim around when the wind blows the leaves, mm -hmm. those are all tiny little projected images of the sun that are actually focusing 
through little holes amongst the leaves. And we're used to seeing that as little circles on the ground. And when the eclipse starts happening, those dapples become crescents. Ah, so and, that's the image of the right. moon going across the sun. And, the, and then the crescents get thinner and thinner and thinner. Wow. And so what kind of equipment will you bring to view this eclipse? So when the eclipse is not total yet, right, when there's still a little bit of the sun that your eyes could be burned by, you really need to have eclipse glasses. And uh, and I have I have some right here. You know, they're, 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 they're kind of crinkly. They're made of cardboard, but it's really... It's really all you need. They they look like 3D glasses. I'll put them on. Hey. And I can see nothing. So, you know, they're extremely severe sunglasses. I mean, when, when you put them on, you won't be able to see anything at all. The only thing you can see through them is the sun. It's, it's you know, that that's the bright thing you can see. And then you can watch the eclipse happen if your eyes are protected. The other thing you can do is you can actually make yourself a pinhole camera. And that means you're not going to be looking directly at the sun, but you're going to be projecting an image of the sun. Mm. And actually... I have a, I could, I could even make a pinhole camera right here. Little. What are you doing? You're taking something off? Well, a little trivia about Michelle Thaller. I, I am really bad at clasps on uh, necklaces, so I just add a safety pin. So, yep, there you go. All my necklaces are held together with safety pins. And then I have a little piece of cardboard here, and I'm going to punch a hole in it. Yes, there we go. Let's do another one. That's actually all you need. Just make yourself a little hole in something, and then hold that just so the sunlight can shine through that and just basically you know hold it above the ground let the sunlight shine through it and you'll see projected down on the ground an image of the sun that's a trick of optics right? it, it is if, if you pass sunlight through a small hole it, it focuses the light so don't look up towards the sun through your pinhole camera that's bad look down on the ground at the image the sun is projecting through your pinhole camera uh-huh and so when you see that eerie pattern of the leaves. Right. That's so, lots of little pinhole cameras. That's right. So the leaves naturally make them. Exactly. And that's projecting hundreds and hundreds of little images of the sun. And in my case, the um, the best chance for clear skies along the route is actually in eastern Oregon. Oh, right, because you need to think about that. You need to have clear skies, right? Right. Yeah. Now, the thing about Oregon, everybody laughs. It's like, you know, where are you going, Oregon? Everybody thinks of the rain and Oregon being very wet. But when you get east of the Cascade Mountains, you're in a very arid area. It's actually a desert there. And so the statistics say, and this is me crossing everything, fingers, toes, and arms, and, and all that, the statistics say the best chance for clear skies is in eastern Oregon. So you're going there. I'm going there. One of the reasons I'm going to Eastern Oregon is it's it's although it will be crowded, it's not predicted to be one of the most crowded places. In fact, I I had an offer to go and give a lecture uh, at Yellowstone, which is one of my favorite places in the world. I absolutely love Yellowstone National Park, and I just thought it's going to be wall to wall people. You're not going to be able to move. Eclipse traffic. Yeah, eclipse traffic. The uh, the Department of Transportation is actually treating this as sort of like. The opposite of a mass evacuation. You know, instead of everybody trying to get away from something, everybody's trying to get to something. And the thing that's really kind of sad, because it's going to happen, is that if people try to drive the same day, they're going to be stuck in traffic Uh in a lot of places. And they're actually going to miss that moment of totality because they're somewhere stuck on a highway. So like, drive a car oh. with a moonroof. Well, but but see, you won't be in the right place. That's the thing. You need to get yourself into where the shadow's going to pass. And so you'll get a, a partial eclipse, which is still cool, but you're going to miss that magical totality. And people are going to miss it because they're stuck in traffic. And I, I th- that breaks my heart.
Einstein made some really outlandish predictions. And it's really when physics starts to become strange, when we realize that physics is implying things about the universe that our senses as human beings don't really seem to understand. And what Einstein said, this is pretty amazing, is he said what gravity really is, is it's a bending of space and time. You and I are bending space and time around us right now. Anything with mass does this. But we're doing it in a really, really tiny, tiny way that could basically never be detected. Everybody kind of looked at him and said, well, that's a really great idea and the math seems to work well, but could you possibly test that? And what he did is he said, okay, yeah, actually you can. Think about the sun. The sun has a lot of mass. You know, it's hugely, hugely massive. It's most of the mass of our solar system. And it has a lot of gravity. So it's bending space and time enough that you might actually be able to detect it. And what Einstein said is during a total eclipse of the sun, when the sun is completely blocked by the moon, let's take a a picture, a very accurate picture. And the person that actually carried this out was a guy named Eddington. And Eddington was an astronomer, and he took a really accurate astronomical photograph of the moon blocking out the sun. That was the eclipse of 1918. And, you know, you could just see stars all over the, the sky. The eclipse makes the sky dark. You can definitely see stars. But there seemed to be stars kind of crowded up right around the edge of the sun. And when you looked at it very carefully, there were stars there that you shouldn't have been able to see. The stars were physically behind the disk of the sun, but the sun was warping space and time around it enough that the light was bending around the sun. And you could see stars that should have been hidden. So whenever people say something weird, like, you know, gravity is made of bending space and time, Incredibly, that's not a theory. That's something you can actually take a picture of. Thanks for listening in on this capsule episode of Orbital Path from PRX. We'd love for you to check out other episodes at orbital.prx.org. In fact, there's one episode called Done in the Sun, where we talk to a scientist at NASA who studies our nearest star, something we're all going to be thinking about during the eclipse. is provided by the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation, enhancing public understanding of science, technology, and economic performance. More at sloan.org. This episode of Orbital Path was produced by David Schulman. Our editor is Andrea Mustaine. Special thanks to John Barth and Genevieve Sponsler back at the PRX Mothership, and to Justin O'Neill as he boldly goes on to new ventures. I'm Michelle Fowler. A little bit of dead stardust, signing off for now.